Welcome football fans. Buckle up for another hard-hitting episode of Let's Talk XFL, the only podcast solely focused on the XFL. From a sunny Southwest Florida studio, here's your host Michael Lathrop. Hello football fans. This is episode 40, more announcements, and the huddle. This episode is brought to you by our friends at Royal Retros by 503 Sports. Royal Retros are the king of throwbacks. Royal Retros by 503 Sports provides a line of merchandise from legendary defunct leagues such as the XFL 1.0. If you've always wanted to get yourself a quality Las Vegas Outlaws He Hate Me or Los Angeles Extreme Tommy Maddox jersey, perhaps even an OG XFL's team's t-shirt, we have you covered. Simply click on the link provided in the show's description and notes and enter the code Let's Talk XFL at checkout to receive 10% off your purchase. As of this episode's recording, there are 194 days remaining till XFL 3.0 kicks off. Another week has passed, and we have more announcements. As usual, later in the show, I will be joined by a guest. Defensive end, outside linebacker Khalil Patterson joins the show to discuss his football journey and showcase experience. But first, we have those developments to cover. So, let's get to it. On August 1st, the XFL announced the hiring of Jeff Alstetter as Vice President of Communications. In this role, he will lead the day-to-day communication operations, aligning with the league's public and media relations strategies with its priorities to drive awareness and build team and player visibility on a national and local level. In doing so, he will work with all senior leaders across all business units and business operations to develop communication strategies and execute plans that will advance the league's objectives with focus on protecting, shaping, and telling the XFL story in a compelling, creative, and unexpected ways. Allstatter will also lead efforts in identifying reputational issues and provide real-time support regarding enterprise-level events, including business transactions, material announcements, and crisis situations at both the league and team levels. He will report to Jana Dosh. Then, on August 2nd, the XFL announced their multi-year partnership with Ticketmaster, making Ticketmaster the official ticketing partner of the league. All 43 games of the XFL season across each of the league's eight markets will be ticketed by Ticketmaster. The XFL will embrace a mobile-first ticketing strategy, giving fans convenient and easy tools to purchase and manage their tickets. Fans can use their mobile device to easily manage verified tickets via download to a digital wallet or the XFL mobile app powered by Ticketmaster which will be available later this year. In addition, fans can take advantage of the virtual venue, a try-before-you-buy experience which offers 3D stadium views so fans can make an educated seat selection. Then, on August 3rd, the XFL launched The Huddle, which is essentially 3.0's version of the Fan Advisory Network. According to the XFL's website and The Huddle's page, it is an exclusive fan network made up of people like you who want to be heard, connect, and share insights about the league and its eight teams. As a member, you will receive exclusive benefits throughout the year, participate in surveys, polls, and discussions specific to on- and off-the-field topics, and to give insights on how the XFL can deliver what fans want. Space is limited. To sign up, go to www.xfl.com backslash the-huddle. Also, on August 3rd, St. Louis head coach Anthony Beck made a guest appearance on the XFL STL talk show. Host Jason, a.k.a. Dirty, took his shot and asked Coach Beck, is St. Louis keeping the name Battlehawks? 
Here's the clip of his response. Coach, now, the biggest thing, I know you probably can't answer this, but the biggest thing is people want to know. Of course they are. Are we keeping the name? Are we keeping the name the Battlehawks? I'm sure you can't tell us, but I'm going to shoot my shot and ask anyways, Coach. Well, TBA on that, right? So that that's not that's not going to get announced on your show. You guys didn't pay me enough money to actually make that announcement tonight. So we're going to hold off on that in case you guys get those funds. Let me know, and we, we may make that happen. But uh, listen, I, I can promise you this. The, the league is very smart. They're very diligent. They understand what works and what doesn't. Uh, I think for all the cities and all the logos and team names and and what everybody's going to be cheering for. I think everybody's going to be happy about the decisions the league makes. Uh, I've been very impressed with Danny Garcia, DJ Redbird Capital. Uh, they got everything in line. Uh, they have great vision. And they are really about the players, number one, and the fans. And and that'll be the biggest difference maker between all the professional leagues, in my opinion, moving forward. Is that something that they lean heavily to? And I think everybody's going to be happy about the announcement, the decision, when those all things, when those all come out, it'll be it'll be something that I'll be a part of. The league will be a part of. It's going to be a fun day. All right now, go ahead, Big Pop. Yeah, I'm sorry about this because I know I'm looking at some. Uh, we got a lot of people that are watching, and I, I'm thankful. And this is not the first time. This is all the time because this is a uh, fan based show. And one of the questions I know is, do we have any type of idea when they're going to make announcements the next? next upcoming announcements yeah you know i think the league has been very strategic in trying to kind of lay out a, a kind of a, a a roadmap of putting information out so the fans have something to chew on for a little bit and then they give a little bit more uh you know look with the nfl season getting ready to rock and roll here come uh, right really right now uh, with preseason and then ultimately in the first couple weeks of the season they'll be diligent to make sure there's a window of time where that makes sense you know, I can't predict when that'll be. I got to think at some point in, th- in September, early October, we can expect those things to roll out. Don't quote me on that, but I know the league's just making sure everything's in line, and uh, we can expect some some great news. You know, we it's not just that news too. Logos, all those kind of cool things that are going to come out. I think people can really uh, gravitate to that and be excited about it when it gets announced. My takeaways from Coach Beck's answer: Unfortunately, we have a few months to wait but it sounds like 2020's branding is likely to return. Although the nicknames may return, I anticipate updated logos and perhaps even a tweak in the color schemes. We should prepare ourselves for some changes. As I have previously mentioned, I will now be joined by defensive end outside linebacker Khalil Patterson to discuss his football journey and showcase experience. Welcome, Khalil. I appreciate taking the time to join the show to discuss your football journey and your XFL showcase experience. Now, I appreciate you for having me on, man. I appreciate it. You're welcome. You played your collegiate ball at Division Three Methodist University in Fayetteville, North Carolina, where you earned various honors. Can you take a moment and share how this opportunity came about and some of your college experience for our listeners? Um, well, my college experience, it was, I, w- I wouldn't say it was rough. I would say it was different opposed to the Division Ones and the Division Twos. Regardless, I still had to work. I still had to grind. I still had to put the time and efforts in to my craft and, you know, watch films just like the rest of the guys. I had to play great ball just like the rest of the guys. So at the end of the day, I did some great things in college. Uh, I accomplished a lot. I didn't accomplish winning the championship, which was number one every single year. But 
I was able to, you know, build friendships and, and relationships with people, staff, and just have fun playing ball. But definitely a grind. Division three, you you don't get anything handed for you. You're most of the time you're paying for everything, man. You're you're paying for everything. You barely get anything free. I mean, probably the only things we got free were the meals on Friday nights before we travel on, you know, to go play on Saturday in another state or whatever. So that's the only thing we really got free, man. But you, you got to grind, man. And it's fun because you understand why you're doing it. But you're just like, man, like when you look at Division Ones and Division Twos, you're like, man, they got it. Oh, I wish I got friends that played at Division Ones and, you know, they sitting here coming home every summer with new gear. They coming here with new cleats, this, that, and the third. I'm like, dang, man. But you understand why you do it and you got to have a passion and a love for the game, man. I can relate. I know my listeners know this. I was a Division Three collegiate athlete, but I was a soccer player. So that's where my skill set was. Doesn't mean I don't love football, you know. But the reality is I can relate on all of that. The buildup with triple sessions before the season even started. Eight o'clock practice. Then you still have your noon. And then you're like, that's all for a week, week and a half before it even starts. You still are grinding. You're still putting in the work. No different than anybody else. I remember the off seasons. We still had like spring ball or even the winter where we just played indoor. I can't imagine it's any different. You guys still worked. It was a grind. I know the baseball guys did it. The lacrosse guys did it. I don't yeah. think some people realize that D3 isn't a part-time player. These people are into it 100%. And the heart is there. You know, And I'm not saying that somebody on a full ride doesn't have the heart. But right. this is passion where somebody has to pay for it. I mean, I don't know what Methodist University cost. I know where I went. And I graduated in 2002. I went mm-hmm. to a private school. That was on me and the family. You know what I'm saying? So uh, I, I respect the grind that people put in because I understand it. And I know that those budgets that somebody's talking, you know, you're talking about the meals. Yeah. It's more McDonald's money than it is steak <laughs> money. All right, people. Without a doubt. It's crazy, man. Because like, like you said before, like the grind and people don't understand that you got guys that first off, you got over 100 guys on the football team, college football team. That's normal. But when you have half of your roster, almost 75, 85% of your roster working full-time jobs, that's where the disconnect is because you don't have a lot of division. I got friends, like I said, I got division uh, guys that play Division One football, and, and they're sitting there like, man, I get a stipend check every month. Well, we don't get that. You know what I'm saying? We do not get that. And we, some of us got to go to work. Some of us got family. Some of us got, you know, we, we got to do homework. We got tutoring sessions. We got things like that, man. And it's a blessing to be in a position to be able to play college ball, but it's a different ground. That's all. And just so for our listeners, I don't think people understand that the lower that there are still NCAA stipulations for GPA requirements as you go up every year. So your freshman year, it's a lower GPA. But once you get in your sophomore year, you got you have to maintain a slightly higher. And once you get in your junior year, slightly higher. Then you get into your senior season. The fall athlete, there's no give me if you really look at it. your freshman year. Okay, you got your, your give me because you're playing in the fall. You really don't have a GPA. Yeah. You don't even practice in the spring. You still have to be, you got to have that level. So I don't think a lot of people understand the grind, the commitment, because you still have to hold that GPA. You're not just, oh, I'm just playing ball. NCAA is hey. still drug testing. A portion of the players, no different. It's same, but just different. No one's on yeah. a free ride. It's pure passion. So. I know we just kind of beat a dead horse there a little bit, but I, 
you and I can relate on that D3 thing. And it doesn't matter how many more years ahead of you I was. It's a different landscape. And I think some people don't understand it. It's really good of a, you know, a slight education or a quick education here for them. Were you fortunate enough to receive any senior bowl invitations? Because I know they still give them out for various divisions. Did, did you uh, get to play uh, any senior bowls? I participated in three uh, senior bowl games, quote unquote. Awesome. Um, the first one I participated in was the FAF Senior Bowl. It was in New York. Great game. You know, just a lot of the top seniors around the country we came together, you know, played a game. And, you know, it was fun to meet new people. It, it's funny. The coaching staff for my team specifically was a team that was had moved into my conference in college, my senior year, uh, Southern Virginia University. So their coaching staff were actually our uh, coaching coaching staff for our team. So that, that was fun. Uh, so it was kind of a little familiarity right there. And I, I had one other teammate, uh, Nate Jones, to join me. The next week I had, uh, I was invited to the uh, FCS Bowl in Daytona Beach, Florida. And, you know, competing with the FCS guys and some D2 and some D3 guys. Just showing that I can compete out there, you know, various NFL scouts, all types of scouts, XFL scouts, overseas scouts, and just show that I can compete, you know, do what I got to do and just show I can I can play this game. And the third one I was invited to was the All-American Bowl in Minnesota. Got to play into in, in U.S. Bank Stadium. It was a fun experience, you know, great game. And I had a lot of fun at them because you don't hear about a lot of guys from Methodist University or really anybody in the conference, in our conference, the USA South, getting invited to those games. So it was it was a blessing for me, and, you know, that's something I'll cherish forever. I know it's extremely rare for D3 athletes to make it to the top, but we've seen it happen on occasion in the NBA. I believe, if I recall correctly, I don't know his name, there's an offensive lineman that played at Hobart, which is Hobart, William Smith, in Geneva, New York. I believe he played for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I don't know if he was on the Super Bowl winning side of it, but it was around that time. So yeah. people can make it and yeah. there is legitimate talent. It just, I think, gets that stigma and it's kind of, it's unfortunate. How did you do when you were playing against, you know, some of those D2 guys and stuff in that senior bowl? Uh, so I would say the FCS senior bowl, the thing that people question has always been my size. They've always questioned my size. I was measured at that time at 5'8", 213 pounds. That's not prototypical at all as a defensive end. I played defensive end from my sophomore year all the way up until my senior year in college. I weighed 213 pounds legitimately. I was 213, obviously. I was the lightest. But I wanted to show that I don't really care about, you know, what you list me as, my size, because you're not going to be able to question my heart. That, that's the biggest thing. You're not going to be able to question my heart. I'll go out there and I give everything I got to the last whistle to his four zeros on the clock. You know, so at the end of the day, I just want to go out there and show that, hey, I, I can play this game. I didn't get here by accident. And that's what I did. And I felt like I had a good showing. You know, obviously, we always feel as competitors like, hey, I want to be able to do more. I want I wanted to do more. When you watch the film over, you're like, oh, I could have did this better. But at the end of the day, that's why you go back to the drawing board. You go back in the lab and you get back to work. And that's what I did. And I was satisfied with what I did. But I just wanted to show everybody that, you know, my size, that should never be a question because my heart explains everything that you're getting from Khalil Patterson. I know we're going to go back here a little bit, but there's a guy, Doug Flutie, mm-hmm. who's not prototypical, right? Oh, oh. <laughs> won a Heisman. Mm-hmm. Okay. Short, really tiny, 
He's kind of a scrambling quarterback, and we know the stigmas that go on with that. Well, they're looking for that six foot three to six foot six guy, pocket passer. He was anything but prototypical. Won a Heisman, went on, yes, chose to go to the USFL back in the day, but you know, in the CFL, but he ended up in the NFL with a couple of different teams. He played. I mean, it can happen. Drew Brees was at six foot. Look at what he's done in the record books. I mean, and like I know six foot, you know, we kind of look at it, but for a quarterback, he was still four to six inches too short. He was right. a pocket pistol. But I mean, like, I know it's a different position. But with your size, I know you're listed as an edge rusher or uh, um, defensive end and outside linebacker. Are those the two positions you've typically played? Yes, sir. Okay. I know with spring football that a lot of people get into the roster wherever they can. And usually the roster sizes have been smaller, even though it doesn't sound like the XFL is going to have a small roster size this time around. But people have typically had to be a little bit more of hybrids. And the fact that you do kind of play two positions is ideal. Even though with your size, has anybody ever talked to you about maybe shifting to like a safety, free safety, is it maybe a strong safety kind of, has that ever been a conversation with you or has it just been you've proven everybody wrong where that just hasn't happened? It's been a conversation uh, with, a, with a few people. I'm very open to anything to help the team that, you know, gives me an opportunity. But the thing about it is I've never truly had a position playing football ever in my career. I've played quarterback. I've played kicker. I've played punter. I've played offensive line at one point. I've played everywhere on the defense. I've played everywhere on offense. So going from high school, you know, up until now, this – Literally playing defensive end from my sophomore year all the way throughout my senior year was the longest that I played a position. And that's just because I literally showed everything that they needed to see and they knew what they were going to get from me and I was going to be able to help the team. But I've always been able to move around. But to answer your question, I'm always open to moving. I talked to, you know, different people to say, hey, have you ever looked at being a safety? I said, hey, I would love to be a safety because the guys that I train with, I'm training with DBs all the time. So the way they're training, I'm training the same way. And I'm sitting here like, okay, well, you know, if I can clean this up and I can move like this, I can do this. The transition is nothing because in the league today, you have a lot of guys that are playing that strong safety. You're playing in the box still. And when you're playing coverage, you're just playing coverage. If you know your coverage responsibilities, at the end of the day, it's nothing different. Football is football at the end of the day. People got to stop making it so complicated. It seems so simple. But those stigmas still exist for whatever right. reason, you know, the experts and even fans, you know, the Mel Kuyper's always kind of all oh, the size. This, we've all heard the, the mock drafts and the draft analysis when somebody's being drafted for the NFL. It's no different here, right? It really isn't. Right. Whether it's going to be the USFL or now the XFL in this case. Mm-hmm. Those guys are looking at things a certain way. Yes, breakaway data is a little bit different at the showcases and they're kind of digging in a little bit deeper but they still have certain way of doing things. They're not throwing out the old playbook or rule right. book of how they find talent. These right. guys are professionals. They've been doing it for a while. So with that stigma, one, you're a D three player and everyone's always looking at that division one, power five school standout Two, you're undersized. How do you go about proving that stigma wrong? I just outwork everybody, man. And I don't mean, you know, going to the weight room, lifting 500 pounds every day. I, that's not what I mean. Outworking somebody is literally doing everything you can times 10. 
So for me, I know, yeah, I got to get stronger. Cool. I can get stronger, but I got to be able to move. I got to be able to do this. I got to be able to do that. I'm a film junkie. I love to watch film because how do you think you're going to get better as an athlete, as a football player? You have to be able to watch film. You got to correct your mistakes. You got to understand what you're doing. You got to understand concepts. You got to understand what you, not even what you're looking at. You got to understand what the guy beside you is supposed to be looking at. What the people in front of you, for me, it's just something I enjoy doing. And for me, that's what I've had to do my whole career. Honestly, it's just outwork everybody and just, hey, I might be undersized, but guess what? You have nothing to worry about. You put me in the game. And that's something I took pride in in high school. That's something I took pride in in college. And, you know, it got me here and I'm just blessed and I'm appreciative, man. So they're getting everything a hard worker for me. So I'm not aware of any professional experience. Have you played any arena or overseas? Nope, not at all. So you are a rookie in the full sense of the word. I'm I'm a rookie. Well, it's just good to know because, I mean, I'm not the best researcher. I can find things, but I don't always find it all. I understand that you participated at the XFL Florida Showcase. Yes, sir. How was that overall experience? It was an experience, you know, seeing guys that played at some of the Power Fives and, you know, just basically telling yourself that, hey, go in and compete. You know, you don't have to compete with them, compete with yourself, compete with the moment, you know. So at the end of the day, I, I just want to go out there and show what I've been working on. You know, testing's never really been my thing, but, you know, when, when I step on the field, I'm trying to prove something, you know. But it's funny, after the showcase, um, you know, my drills were good, and I, I sat there and told myself, I said, hey, if the only thing that people have to knock me is is dropping two balls, then, I mean, you did pretty good for yourself. So that's something I laugh about. I dropped two balls uh, in, in two of my drills, but it was okay. I got on myself as soon as I got back home, and my trainer, you know, made me do some push-ups, so. I got a little swole after that, but it was good, man. It was it was a good experience. I was there as a member of the media. I was fortunate. But our window was really tight, so I didn't get to see the whole defensive session in the morning, and uh, I really didn't get to see any of the offices. So it was like I kind of got in there at the tail end of the defensive session because I think it was designed for us to get the coaches and right. you know Doug Whaley, the executives, kind of so they could break away from it. And I think that's when lunches, you guys are having lunches and all that stuff. I did notice on some of the drills, some of the guys weren't getting a lot of reps. Those reps appeared very limited. And some of my other guests that I've had on previously have also said they might have gotten one opportunity in one drill or they were blessed to get two where other guys only got one. I know you mentioned you dropped two, but how much do you think that looks like a hindrance versus maybe it's not? It may be my information or from what I've got and what I saw, didn't really relate to your particular drills. I was actually with the linebackers, and for all of us, we all had one turn. And I mean, you got to think about it. That's the reality of this business. You may only have one opportunity to showcase whatever it is that you need to showcase. So, I mean, that's a very realistic thing that we had to go through. Hey, you get one chance to do this drill. If you messed up, you can't sit there and dwell on it like, oh, man, no, you got to get ready for the next drill because at the end of the day, you still have an opportunity, so take advantage of it. So for me, dropping one ball, I'm like, okay, you know, that's fine. Let's go on to the next drill. Let me make sure I get that drill right. Boom, I do the drill, I drop the ball. Cool, don't dwell on it. Go to the next drill. You can't dwell on it because at the same time, it just goes along with football too. You give up a touchdown, guess what? You got to come back out. You're still going to be dwelling on touchdown. We're on to a new position. If You're going to give up another touchdown. You're going to give up another touchdown. Then you're going to be standing beside Coach giving signals. 
So at the end of the day, you can't dwell on you can't dwell on the things that you mess up on. Because when you get another opportunity, hopefully you get an, God willing, you get another opportunity. Take full advantage of it, and that's all I try to do. Your head's got to be in the game. If it's not, you gotta get somebody else's got his head in the game. Because if you're gonna dwell on that one thing, play after play, or for the rest of the game, you might as well not even play. You have defeated yourself. <laughs> it's what essentially happened. Exactly. I had to learn that the hard way my sophomore year, man. I did it a lot. I did it a lot because I was so I didn't play the previous year because I had actually transferred in. So I didn't play the previous year. So when I came back in 2018, I actually came back and I said, all right, you know, I'm trying to get everything right. In football, you there's never a chance you're going to go 100 percent. You know, it's, it's impossible. And for me, I just wanted everything to be perfect. And when it wasn't perfect, I dwell on it. I sit there and I get frustrated during the game. This is like pre-snap. I'll sit here and get frustrated. I sit here and say, what's going on? Like, why is it me? I'm getting in my stands, getting ready for the play. I'm still thinking about the previous play. You can't do that because you got to get ready for the next play. Especially for me, you know, playing Mike that year, I got to set up the defense. So I'm sitting here thinking about the last play. They sitting here wondering what this play is. And I'm saying like, man, I'm not even focused. I mean, you just got to understand that your opportunities really in this game, they're going to come, but you got to take it full advantage of them. And if you don't, don't dwell on it. Hopefully, God willing, you get another one. So, I mean, just live in the moment. Don't dwell on it. I'll say this. If any player continues to dwell on it, there won't be another opportunity because that is what will define some. You're right. So you're right. Out of focus. Next play up, next game up. You got to have a short memory as a player sometimes. Just It's a reality. It's how the success ones are successful. Michael yep. Jordan says, you know, I've missed X. I don't know what the, the quote he said. I've yep. missed X amount of shots. It's because of that that I'm great. It's yep. to know where you got to work. It's to know, hey, the game's just going to keep happening. Yep. You know, Basketball is slightly different because it's much more. You're playing offense, defense, back and forth. But, yes, you got to pick it up. You got to move on. The, the game's not over. And that's you're right. It's it's the only mentality for professional athletes. It is. What have you been doing outside of football? So outside of football, I'm dabbling, you know, some gaming, some streaming things. I'm actually, you know, starting my Twitch up. I'm not really that great of a Twitcher, I would say, a Twitch gamer. But kind of dabbling into it, I had some friends, you know, tell me how to do it. And uh, I started streaming some of my content from uh, gaming as well. I do some podcasts, too. I did podcasts in college, actually, and um, did a radio show, actually, in college. So I go back to Methodist and, you know, I go back into the radio room and I'll talk a little bit on the radio and just, you know, that's things that I like to let loose and just have fun, play some music and talk about various topics. It's, it's fun for me. Interview people. Love to do that. Trying to get my YouTube going with some different things going on with there uh, with that. So I dabble in a lot of things. Like I said, I'm a communication major. So, man, I, I like to dabble in a lot of things like that that are a lot of people wouldn't do, you know. So, but yeah, that's all. That's all I really do, man. Give us a plug. Give us all these avenues. If you got these things in, you know, in the works, let our listeners check you out. Where oh, can they do so on these? All right. So, well, first off, my YouTube is KP, just capital K, capital P. Uh, you'll find some football videos on there. I'm in production right now with my game and stuff. That'll be up in about a week or so. My Twitch is Ill Lil. Capital I, 11s, literally the number ones, and then uh, capital L, and then I, capital I, and then a capital L. So, L, Lil on Twitch. 
And um, if y'all want to play me on Xbox, I'm, I'm you can't beat me in Madden, man. So K Diesel three, if you want to play me in Madden, y'all can't beat me in Madden. Let's wait till Madden twenty three come out, because I mean y'all definitely won't beat me in Madden. So yeah, man, just you know, I, I'm too good on the sticks with it. I'm too good. There you go. <laughs> I'm not as much of a gamer these days. I'm also forty two, so I think I'm starting to that sale. But I everybody. I used to love playing the college games. So they're oh. coming on the horizon again. Where it is, they're coming back. Yeah. So I could be enticed to kind of come back into the fold. I used to be difficult to beat on the NCAA footballs. Oh, and the man. thing is, I played with four plays, and I was Army, predominantly running, and nobody could stop me. It's uh, not not even the, I couldn't play you. <laughs> I, I had like four plays, two two run plays and two pass plays, and I would just pound people. I rarely use the pass, but the formation was the same all the time. You didn't know which one was coming out of it. It was one of the four plays. You see, as soon as as soon as because you know EA Sports likes to glitch, so you hit me with one of those glitchy plays. I'm gonna say, oh, I'm that's right. I I had my system. You know, we talk <laughs> about system quarterbacks or system players. I had a system as a gamer. But anyway, that's we're not here to talk about. <laughs> You're represented by Level Up Sports. How did you link up with them, and how important have they been in assisting you throughout your process and pursuing your goals? Well, first off, let me say Ms. Lauren has been great. Uh, Level Up is great in general. She actually found me through Twitter. She kind of just hit it off, and she basically you know, created avenues for me, just letting me know what was out there because I was stuck. I didn't know what to look for. I didn't know who to look to. I didn't know what events were coming up. I didn't know how to get my name out there better. And she was able to, you know, let me know and, and help me out how to get my name out there. And I've been nothing but appreciative for everything she's done for me, man. And it's been a journey so far, but she's definitely helped, you know, put me into a position where I am, you know, today right here. So I can't do nothing but appreciate thing that she's done for me. You know, Love Love Sports taking me in and I just want to take off, man. That's it, man. But it, it's been a blessing, though, to be incorporated with Level Up Sports. I will say I have been interacting with a number of agents. Mm. I, this is a lot of stuff people don't know about podcasts is everything that it goes just to get somebody like you on the show. Sometimes you could just coordinate directly. But I have been working with several agents, and th- there are two that are levels above anybody else. And Lauren is one of the two. I, I'll agree. She, she's been awesome. And Buddy from uh, Pro Player, whatever, awesome as well. Those two, to me, and again, I don't know the integral workings, but they are just awesome to interact as far as a host. And it's awesome that you guys have somebody like that. I'll say because they're not all agents are the same. Yeah, no, you're right. You're absolutely right. As I've mentioned previously, I've had an XFL executive on the show before. And I'm not saying that they listen, but they tune in from occasion. So I typically provide each of my guests an opportunity or a last plea. If XFL coaches or key staff members were to tune into this episode to hear your story, what is there about you that is unknown that you want them to know? And why should they offer you a draft invitation and ultimately select you over another player? Well, I know a lot of guys speak about you know, being a team first guy and this, that, and the sort, but I'm really a team first guy. 
you don't have to sit here and worry about me, you know, fighting you back or arguing with you about, hey, I play linebacker, I play defensive end. No, whatever you need me to play to help better this team, whatever you need me to do to help better this team, I'm going to do. And I'm going to lead by example. I'm not a, I'm not a rah-rah guy. I'm not the type that's going to yell and get in somebody's face. I'm going to lead by example. I'm going to lead by doing. You're going to have to kick me out of the facility. That's one thing, too. You're going to have to kick me out of the facility because I'm one of those guys. I'm, I just I put on my hard hat and I go to work. You know, it's time to work. This is all I've wanted to do, for, you know, since I've been three years old, man. And at the end of the day, I want to be successful at this and I want to be one of the greatest. And that's just something I put into my mind every day when I wake up, when I step on the field, when I go to training, whatever it is I'm doing, I'm trying to be great at it. And this is something that I want to be great at. And that's all you're getting from me. You're getting a hard nosed guy who's ready to, you know, get down and dirty, you know, whatever it is that you need me to do. I'm with it. You don't have to worry about any character issues. You don't have to worry about trying to get me mentally there. I'm going to be there. So we're going to meet on the common ground. I'm going to be able to communicate with you about football, about life, whatever it is that you need me to do. I'm with it. You don't have to worry about all the off-field drama or anything like that. I got a good head on my shoulders, and I just want to compete, and I just want to play ball. I want to be able to show everybody that, hey, this kid Khalil Patterson is special. And I truly do, you know, believe that, you know, I, I have some good things coming, and I just want to be able to, you know, show everything I've been working on, man. I I'm blessed just to be in this position. So, you know, whatever God has for me in store, you know, I'll be ready. That's a fact. I'll be ready. Khalil, it has been a pleasure. I appreciate you taking the time to come onto the show and talk to me about your XFL showcase experience and overall journey. I hope you receive that invitation to the XFL draft in November. But more importantly, I hope you get selected and we get to see you play in 2023. Yes, I appreciate it. I definitely appreciate it. If so, I would love to have you come back on again sometime so we can discuss just how things are going for you, how you know your team's doing and whatnot. Definitely, man. I, listen, man, I just appreciate being on the platform and being able to speak my story and just be able to show that, hey, everybody, guys may be smaller, guys may be may not look the part, but there's some guys out there that can ball, and I think I'm one of those guys. So I'm just going to tell the world, look out for Khalil Patterson. That's all I'm going to say. Because I'm going to be ready and I'm going to be with it. So, If Muggsy Bowes could play in the NBA at five foot three, I can't see why you can't play in the XFL in hey, your position without changing. Hey, I say I put it like this, man. The shortest defensive end I actually watched back in the day, Elvis Dumerville, was six foot 260. He was six foot going up against six, six dudes, six, seven, whatever. I mean, look how his career turned out. So at the end of the day, if you could play football, you could play football. And I mean, my accolades, I mean, they speak for themselves. So I'm just telling you, when when it's my time, I'm going to be ready. Nobody has to worry about me getting in shape or anything like that. I'm going to be ready. So I'm not even going to sweat it. I know you already kind of give us some of the platforms of your side gigs there, your hobbies, if you will. If our listeners want to just follow your overall journey, where can they do so? Uh, so my Instagram is underscore I am KJ Pat 11. And my Twitter is at Patterson Khalil, capital P and capital K. Um, you know, follow me on Twitter. Follow me on Instagram. Let's connect. Let's talk. Let's talk ball. Let's talk life. I love being able to give people motivation. I also, you know, love to show people what it is I'm doing when Lauren tells me, you know, when to do it. Cause I'm not really 
a social media, you know, junkie, but whatever it is, man, people just need to talk to me or whatever. Those are the avenues you can find me on. So. Awesome. Thank you, Khalil. I appreciate it. You're welcome. I enjoyed having the opportunity to chat with Khalil. There are numerous players who have played their collegiate careers in lower divisions, some of which have gone on to play in the National Football League. I believe it is important to get to learn the stories of these players. After all, the XFL are leaving no stone left unturned, and we are likely going to see a good number of players like Khalil on XFL rosters come 2023. There hasn't been any Let's Talk XFL fan line messages this week. But if you have a comment, question, or hot take and would like to be heard on the show, reach out to Let's Talk XFL fan line by calling 863-TALK-XFL or 863-825-5935. Doing so, your message could be included in an upcoming episode. All good things must come to an end. This concludes another episode of Let's Talk XFL. As always, I am interested in receiving your feedback. So do not be a stranger. Reach out to let me know your thoughts. And if you do so, your comments might just make it on the show. But before you go, do not forget to subscribe and rate the show on your platform or choice. One last thing. If you're interested in checking out our friends over at Royal Retros by 503 Sports, do not forget to click on the link in the show's description and notes as well as that sweet code, Let's Talk XFL, or 10% off your purchase. Thank you for tuning in. Till next time, cheers. Thank you for tuning in to today's show. Don't forget to subscribe and rate Let's Talk XFL on your platform of choice. Follow Let's Talk XFL on Facebook and Twitter at Let's Talk XFL. Do you have a question or topic you would like to have addressed on the show? Message the show via social media or send an email to letstalkxfl at gmail.com.